And she's like, success. I have spent thousands of dollars on video games that I'm never going to play. But now I found the one that I can play where I'm not tall. Welcome to Annie Files, episode 32. I'm your host, Ryan. With us today, we have Chris. Hello. And Jake. Howdy. And no intros, because I'm bad and these shows are bad. <laughs> Mostly because these shows are bad. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty bad. They're pretty bad. <laughs> uh, we're here to talk about some sequel shows. The way, the way this show works... Is uh is uh we talk about a show, and then we rate the show. Chris, how do we rate shows? All right. Well, here is the Andy Files rating system. Our hosts have watched the first episode of each show we are reviewing today. Based on that first episode alone, each host will answer five yes or no questions to determine their score. Did the art impress you? Did the audio impress you? Did the storytelling impress you? Did the first episode hook you? Did anything else about the show stand out to you? This wording makes the Files rating systems tougher than some. If a host says they were impressed, it means the show is at least above average in that area, and some hosts may have higher standards than others. Each question answered yes earns the show one point, and these points add up to a total score between zero and five per host. The host's individual scores are then combined to determine a show's final rating from zero to 100%, letting you know at a glance whether the show impressed our hosts. And now let's get to our first show. Our first show is uh, Full Metal Panic, Invisible, Invi- Invisible Victory. Invisible I'm having a victory. really difficult time talking today. <laughs> so I, I looked at the shows and decided that Jake and I were just going to have our death match right off the bat. No, no point delaying it. <laughs> Yay. It's what you've all been waiting for. Uh, I, I think I mentioned last week, I think it was on the podcast, but it could potentially have been after the podcast when we were discussing things. Uh, the way I tried to choose these shows was shows that were getting sequels after a long time or shows where you probably wouldn't need any previous oh. knowledge of the show. Uh, and Full Metal Panic was not that. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. Like... I've seen all, I think there are four seasons of the show, and I've seen all of them, and I was still trying to remember, like, oh, yeah, that's that guy, that guy, yeah, I don't remember him, or anyone in the show. Like, I remember the main characters, I remember Best Girl, and I remember the the dude wearing the army cap, because he's, like, the best character in the show. And then everything else is just new and confusing and weird. Yeah, uh, I've seen like half of the first season, so I was I was quite lost. So Full Metal Panic is a show where a bunch of people move really kind of jankily, and uh, <laughs> they kind of snap a little bit in their movements. It's like it's not very fluid or uh, natural. Like like I'm not I'm not trying to like hate on them, but I'm pretty sure everyone in that show has arthritis. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's really sad. I'm, I'm glad that they were able to find work. Um, 
in an anime um, like that. But yeah, no, I guess it's all like 3D rendered, but there's like 2D animation on top of the 3D model. Is that how that works? I'm not super knowledgeable on 3D. Mm-hmm. But that's what it looks like, and it looks real bad. Like, the original show was... <coughs> excuse me. The original show was hand-drawn. And it also didn't look great, but it was like 2004 or whatever. So nothing looked good. But now it's 2018, and they still look like 2004, except they also tacked on shitty 2018 CG. Uh... Yeah, I'm not going to try to recap what happens in the episode, because I don't have a clue. Also, the answer is not much. Um, Yeah, that too. It kind of speaks a little bit to one of my issues with it, because I had no background in it. And so I will say that, to its credit, there was enough kind of tension, if that makes sense, where I can kind of follow, like, okay, so these are people who apparently have some sort of past and some crazy Mm -hmm. shit happened, and they're trying to live normal lives. Um, obviously that's not going to happen. Um, and so there was enough kind of conflict, enough tension there for them to like want to have this other life, but then also knowing that they're like literally in danger of getting shot by this guy who shows up in their apartment and all this other stuff. Um, but yeah, it was also, um, very, uh, I don't know. Like I got, I got enough of a sense of the characters and kind of what the story was about but without any context there was a lot of stuff that kind of went over my head and um it felt like this was supposed to be an episode to establish okay so here's where everyone is and here's what's going on um so now we can get to the action here in episode two because there's clearly this cliffhanger it's like oh this is gonna be a long five minutes um but it was just a lot of a lot of setup um and not much hook for anyone who wasn't familiar with what was going on yeah, this episode mm-hmm. definitely felt like, hey, it's been 12 years since the last season. Uh, this is Tessa. This is her brother. Tessa's kind of the leader of the group that black hair, X-Face guy, and Mithril. <coughs> Are they Mithril? Is Mithril something else? Sure. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I don't remember. <coughs> Excuse it sounded me, like sorry. Mithril might have been I think, um, I think, the name of one of the mechs or something, but I'm not sure about that. No, I that. think they're, they're Mithril. Mm. And then, I've seen like four seasons of this. What is the matter with me? <laughs> but so, yeah, they're basically just setting the groundwork of like, this is what the new season is kind of about. It's basically season four, part two, or mm-hmm. whatever season. What's the, what's the current one? I gathered um, that um, bad guys were apparently a shadow organization. I wasn't sure if good guys were like if they were official government based or if they were also some sort of just kind of like counter shadow organization um, um I don't or like know. black ops or something i don't know <laughs> i have <It's>, no idea <laughs> also the uh i i don't know if this is what they're going for but they were kind of hinting pretty strongly at what was happening with the communications being jammed they said oh it's a worldwide event you know it's not this can't be happening based on man-made disruptions my guess is that there was a solar flare or something so they're predicting when the solar flare was going to happen and then moving then so that's the Zero hour. We'll find out. That's well. I don't know if we'll find out because I'm not sure if anyone's going to keep watching it. But um, that that would be my guess. I don't know. I don't know. I I didn't like it. It didn't look good. It didn't sound good. The characters were as flat as I remembered them. (laughs) The mech looked bad. Um, Both of the mechs did actually. But I I was actually kind of impressed by the 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 artwork. Actually, um, 
didn't strike me as quite as bad as it did you apparently there were definitely some pretty jarring transitions between um like 2d and 3d in a way that Mm -hmm. wasn't super well blended yeah um but a lot of the shots i actually thought the characters um they looked really good it was like a nice clean style um i I, sorry oh i agree i thought the character art was really good all of the movement was bad like Mm. that uh that joke i made earlier uh, Jake and I were watching. There's a scene really early on in the episode where they're in uh, a classroom and they all start clapping, and it's just <laughs> the weirdest, most unnatural-looking thing. <laughs> yeah, they're just clapping. Mm-hmm. I did appreciate though that they had um, some good kind of. I don't know if you would call it this, but the word that comes to mind is filler animations, where if they're sitting idly, like they'll have like some nice head movements or other kind of like little gestures that made it feel more natural, mm-hmm. as opposed to a lot of anime where you just kind of like, here's a still Stills. frame and we're moving two things on this frame. Um, they actually kind of made it feel a bit more believable through that. I guess my complaint with the with the character design is that they look exactly like they did 15 years ago, but like. N- not in a way that like pays homage to a cool art style because it wasn't. They're just kind of using the same art style, and I don't, f- I don't feel like it transfers over into 2018 very well. But that may just be like reverse nostalgia somehow. So <laughs> there's also some weirdness in the plot where it kind of made sense and it was justified enough because it's like, hey, look, I'm I'm flanked by two giant mechs who. Um, you know, can shoot you at any moment if we if we start fighting. But just like how often white haired dude kept showing up and just like sort of talking yeah. at people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, we're we're sworn enemies, but instead of shooting at each other, I'm just going to talk for a little bit and then uh, kind of foreshadow that we're going to be fighting at some point. Yeah, um, did, yeah, that did not. And that that happened several times. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, at what point? like really one time is like kind of cool and clever and then the second time is like did you forget something the first time and then the third time is like like, it's just not a good it's not it's not a good thing to do as a as an enemy leader just just show up in her bed one night like what so yeah i could see how this show would be something i would be into um but I haven't seen enough yet to know if it is something that I could get into. Um, some of the concepts are kind of neat, like these sort of, they, it seems like the mechs aren't piloted, but more rather like automated. Um, and so like they're maybe commanded by the humans or something like that, which is an intriguing, intriguing twist on the sort of realistic mech genre. Um, and the sort of like shadow war thing, that's kind of an interesting concept. It's just that there's so much going on here. They even like hinted at like the some special ability that, you know, what's her face had? Yeah. Um, the, the whispering or whatever it was and whispering. Um, yep. Yeah, it's like so so wait, what what's the ability? I know that she scores really well on math and science tests. This isn't this isn't normal. It's like is it not, is it that hard to, to score on score well in high school and yeah, anyway. Um, they and they even kind of made... explained it in the show, but it's kind of like a vague, uncontrollable um, omnipotence. No, omniscience. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like the the name sort of suggests to me that like if she's looking at a problem, something kind of like whispers, so to speak, the uh, the answer or that's something. A, that's a theory. Yeah, it, they, we've um, never seen it because. So fuck this show i guess i don't know so it's not that she's smart it's just that can she she can hear smart things uh, <laughs> yeah, in her head basically and, uh, which i mean you know nothing against her she seems cool but um some of the cinematography was kind of neat too going back to the animation um yeah that, for that instance one when scene, they 
Oh, I, I think you're about to talk about that one scene yeah. where they're they're in the not the bedroom, but they're in like the living room. And yeah, the apartment. Um, and then she, and she's she like, moves. yeah, well, yeah, that, and she's like, she's telling the guy off, and they like sort of cut to like a few different camera angles. That's something mm-hmm. that you wouldn't see in a lot of anime. I think that they kind of put that much effort into making uh, that moment dynamic by using different shots and different angles, um, rather than just kind of having like the one dramatic shot or even just the same shot they were using a second ago. Um, so like little touches like that I actually did appreciate about the show they had some some cool things going this season of the series felt more mature than I remember Hmm. like I just remember uh, season one I only got like halfway through it but I remember it feeling very juvenile and kind of insufferable <laughs> I really of, hate this show yeah well because it's kind of yeah a they, they of even growth for all of the main characters for black haired guy whose name I forget and for blue haired girl whose name I forget and for white haired girl whose name I forget yeah, Tessa <laughs> Tessa no I remember that name uh, she's best girl anyway um, <laughs> the, the first two like season and a half are kind of like describing the growth of these people as they kind of get used to each other in a situation where none of them really want to be involved which is um, sh- sh- shit's throwing mechs at us and we've, we've got to like protect the high school basically <laughs> So yeah, that was I was going to mention that I kind of got that impression that the show was. And I can see why then the first few seasons could be more juvenile. Is that it's kind of like not an, or not magical girl in the sense that it's like, hey, we we have these like special powers and we're caught up in this uh, the shadow war, but also we have to deal with high school. So isn't isn't that crazy? Yeah. So mm-hmm. like they they had like this big theme like in the middle of the episode, and again, kind of this meandering. Like I have no idea what's going on or why, but just like the uh, the guy with the fan who's like I guess graduating from high school. <laughs> he's like talking about like the people here will become increasingly cruel. Like you know, but you have to realize that there's more to life after high school. <laughs> it's like. I mean, really what you're saying funny. is true. I just don't know why we're talking about this right now. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, so my ratings for this show: straight zeros. Nothing about the show stood out to me. I will go ahead and say that because I, I mentioned that the animation, like I, I was impressed by it. Now it wasn't great, maybe not, but there were things about it that impressed me. So I'll give it a one for the for the art. Um, the sound, no, actually, because there were, it seemed, I don't know if it's just my speakers, but it seemed weirdly mixed. There were, like, random loud spikes and different characters at different volumes and all this different stuff. Um, occasionally the soundtrack sounded decent, but it wasn't anything spectacular. Um, then, what else were the things? I, I just read off the questions. Uh, <laughs> so... Storytelling, no, absolutely did not impress me. <laughs> uh, maybe the only thing I had going for it is that, like I said, even without any of the context, I was understanding where the characters were going well mm-hmm. enough, but not in a way that made me like really invested. Um, and then the first episode hooked me. Maybe it almost did, just with that cliffhanger of like, okay, we're about to get into the action after all of this setup, let's do it. Um, but no, it wasn't, it wasn't enough to hook me. Uh, and then anything else stand out? Not in a good way. So yeah, just just a one for that for the art. Yeah, Jake. this this show was written for people that have seen the, the original show, obviously, mm-hmm. as we have now discovered. Um, <clears throat> and I don't think anyone 
that hasn't seen like that isn't following the show already is going to even like this they may not even give it a shot um i wouldn't blame them because they don't give you a helping hand with this with the plot at all um like a refresher would have been nice for me too because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been a long ass time since i've seen it so i, I just wish I just wish anything except the art impressed me too, because that one shot where she, where he takes her hand and then she pulls it away and then they do like a ninety degree pan, which is one of the few things that you like can only realistically do in three D animation. That was the only moment where I saw the show and I was like, "Oh, that's cool," and then it mm-hmm. was over. So the art gets a one, mm-hmm. and and that sucks because. I really wanted to like this show because I liked the original series, but I just mm-hmm. don't think I don't think it looks good. I don't. I I agree. I don't think it sounds good. Mm-hmm. I don't think the story is that valuable anymore. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's been dead for a long time. So yeah. Nah. And what's funny too is that like I I came into this not having seen any of the original, but having heard the name a lot and heard you know it it, mm-hmm. it struck me as being a very popular show that a lot of mm-hmm. people liked, and so I was kind of looking forward to like oh maybe I'll finally get to see what all the fuss is about and. I guess this just sort of had hints of why people would like it, um, but it didn't, at least not in this first episode, didn't convince me that I should. I completely agree. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I would say, just watch the original, except, like, <laughs> eh, it's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty entertaining, so, nah. Chris... Yes. You wanna you wanna tell us about our next show, Gegege no Kitaro. Right. Alright, so this one um is a show about uh kind of in the same vein as a few others we've talked about this season and last, where um there's an invisible world beyond the one that we all see, um, full of uh yokai and uh, monsters and spirits and all that sort of fun stuff. And so um our title character is a ghost hunter, essentially, I guess. Um, I don't know if he used to be human or if he is still or never was in any case. Um, apparently he was helped by a human at one point and uh, decided to sort of dedicate his life to um, helping humans back by protecting them from ghosts. And so uh, in this first episode, we have... Um, it almost seems like it's going to be a Monster of the Week sort of deal. Um there's this guy who runs into the middle of the intersection or an intersection in Tokyo um, and is causing traffic to stop and he's uh, being narcissistic and saying, look at me, look at me, subscribe to my channel. And then uh, he turns into a tree and then everyone else uh, around him who are taking photos with their cameras also turn into trees. Um, and so it's just a commentary on, uh, you know, don't, don't use technology kids because you'll turn into a tree. Um, <laughs> And so what ends up happening is um, this sort of thing starts making the news and um, there's this kid uh, who is getting bullied because he's saying, oh yeah, I think like was his grandmother, I forget, said that like it's this spirit that's turning these people into the trees. And it's like, there's no such thing as yokai. And so there's this one girl, I guess, kind of basically MC, kind of the point of view character um, throughout the series is going to seem, or it seems like that's going to be the case, um, sticks up for the kid and is like, oh yeah, no, like we'll we'll send this letter to the to the Gigigay guy or whatever the name, I forget what they, I don't think they called him that. They called it like but, the Yokai Post Box or something. Um, they, but basically, like she, she doesn't even really believe in it. She's just kind of playing along to stick up for, you know, this kid, which I mean, yeah. that's cool of her. I, I can respect that. Um, and then 
she's the one who, because she summoned the dude, ends up getting pulled into this thing, and she wants to um, help out as well, even though it's dangerous, and she's warned multiple times, and she's like, let me come, I don't care. Um, and so, yeah, some fights happen, and uh, eventually they defeat the monster who is turning people into trees, and um, yeah, that's that's about it. Man, this episode started, and we got 30 seconds in, and I saw the doofy little kid with the huge glasses and that stupid bowl cut, and I looked <laughs> at Jake, and I said, I want to dig his intestines out with a spoon. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's exactly what he said. I was so angry watching this show. <laughs> I was, I, I think I zoned out at that point, because like, it, hadn't, it hadn't started much yet, it hadn't like gotten the ball rolling, so I was just kind of in my own thoughts and then all of a sudden Ryan's like I want to dig this guy's eyeballs out with a spoon <laughs> or intestines is what it was speaking of eyeballs I think that uh, daddy eyeball guys might be best girl I don't know why does but, it um... blink oh my god oh my god oh you can't make an eye mm-hmm. oh that's so that was so disturbing to me I fucking hated that this show I, I got the feeling that based on like the intro and stuff it was going for a a scooby-doo type thing like a horror Mm -hmm. show for children yeah kind of that was kind of the vibe i got yeah so not like really horror but like spooky spooky yeah there were parts of it like with the intro music especially i was like they are really tryharding on this horror thing (laughs) but but for like six-year-olds, like nothing about this is actually spooky. They're yeah. just yeah, like the the song that they were using and like the opening and I think just the overall tone struck me as um, not even so much we're trying to scare you, but we're trying to kind of um, I don't know if this is the right phrasing, but kind of like let you indulge in the sort of like people who like uh, Nightmare Before Nightmare Before Christmas because they kind of like the spooky mm-hmm. aesthetic. Um, but because they think it's kind of cool and they're kind of into that, it's more that sort of vibe I got than I did, like, um, you should be afraid of this, you know? Yeah. Um, yep. More kind of, like, embracing, like, the... Embracing that sort of aesthetic. That's fair. Um, the uh, the other things that make me think it's a kid's show are all of Kitaro's superpowers. Fucking hair spikes, <laughs> oh. remote-controlled sandal... Oh. Mm. And, and finger gun. gun. I kind of enjoyed finger that gun. actually. Like when I saw him lining up, I'm like, "Oh, is he gonna finger gun? Oh, he finger gunned." The finger, <laughs> the finger gun was was all right. Like, needs more finger gun. Needs less hair spike. Less fucking remote control shoe. <laughs> I feel like actually, laser um, shoes are the way of the future. Given what the show was, this was very clearly shown in, right? So it was. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be yeah. kind of like a little bit of mystery, a little bit of spooky, a bit of action. Um, and I think for that, it was actually pretty well done. Um, I enjoyed um, the fight scenes for the most part. Uh, I mean, they were simple. They were very, very young shonen. Um, but in that category, I think they were like some of the better ones I've seen in a while. Um, it kind of had like a nice flow, a nice pace. Um, some of the abilities were kind of cool and they used them in clever ways. Um I don't know. I thought I thought it was a fun watch, actually. I mean, clever, um, clever ways, as in like, oh, his eye is the weak point. Let me just do all of the same attacks on his yeah. eye. Fair. Hell yeah, we did it, boys. Like, I don't. Although know. I did kind of enjoy that, like, uh, when the thing was getting hit in the eye, like it was kind of like, ah. <laughs> like running around, like kind of like, like kind of like squinting. And <laughs> that's what I really I need they... out of my Zelda games is is yeah. to have Ganon just go like, oh fuck. 
<laughs> why? Why? Why are you doing this? Yeah, so. the um, I think I think the show is actually animated pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I man, all his powers were so dumb <laughs> though. I could not enjoy it. This mm. whole show, I was. Mm. I I agree. It felt like felt like they're trying for Pokemon Mystery Squad, and my my main concern was that that the girl character was like really cute, but like her hair was so weird to me. Like I focused yeah, on was... that most of the episode. I was just like, it doesn't move. <laughs> <laughs> it's how do you have like short curly hair that's just glued to your skull, but. I, I don't know. I don't know. In the animation, I get they were going for some sort of contrast between the yokai guy and everybody else. But the animation contrast really threw me off too. Like having that guy with huge wide eyes and like a different height and a different everything. Everything he looked completely different, and and I, I didn't I didn't like that. And the show was boring, except for the eyeball monster was pretty cool looking. It looked like a Tool music video. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's kind of interesting too is that I, I joked earlier about the phones turning you into trees, but um, not knowing the original legend behind that monster, and I'm assuming that it, there is one. Um, maybe they made it up. I don't know. But it struck me as something where the mythology would be something about this is a monster that preys on people who are um, maybe narcissistic, self-absorbed, arrogant, prideful, whatever the case might be. Um, and so, taking in the, without beating that, like uh, beating that point into your head. Um, they're like, oh yes, this this monster feeds on people who do that thing, and you know when you're sort of self obsessed with yourself you, with your phone, that's kind of like the modern version of it. Without actually saying that, that's kind of the the thing that they communicated, and so they kind right. of had some nice subtlety there of um, sort of implying that again without beating you over the head with it. That's um, true. I actually didn't uh, I didn't catch that because they did it so well. But yeah, you're right. Um, like that's that's definitely the point they make and they even don't the monster had something about like I, I think maybe the monster was envious maybe that was the thing it's like you know pay attention to me look at me um and when people were not looking at it but looking at themselves um then it got jealous and would turn people into trees or whatever um that's kind of that's the impression i got but i might be misremembering well i, I mean i can definitely at least say that even though it was written as a kid's show for kids like a kid's mm-hmm. show um it was written pretty well um mm-hmm. like obviously obviously it was simple um obviously the characters didn't have much depth to them because it's a kid's show but mm-hmm. the s- story was actually not so bad the mm-hmm. char- characters involved in the story were pretty annoying, except for gl- glue hair best girl confused me. I'm just I really don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> like when you see a Photoshop of Barack Obama's face on Michelle Obama, it's like that feeling that I have of unsureness. I actually but, did kind of enjoy that character overall. Yeah. Um, I, I think that she was like strong and plucky without being obnoxiously so. She's very main um, character, which I liked. Yeah. It just uh, I just hope it gets a ghost stories dub. <laughs> That's all that I care about. <laughs> like I, I don't know. I don't have a I don't have a whole lot to say left about this. I just I'm trying to find a picture of that character 
because her hair is fucking insane. It's really fascinating. It's like a, oh my, it's like a Tails game, like hairstyle. It just keeps going. <laughs> I can't find a good picture. It doesn't matter anyways. Uh, scores for this show. Uh, uh, uh. So the the art looked not. Um, yeah, I also don't know how I feel about the art. I'm gonna say zeros across the board for posterity. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a one for storytelling because I didn't even even notice until Chris pointed that out that they the first guy who turns into a tree they actually did, did a really good job characterizing him without having to explain his character to you mm-hmm. he just acted did it um, so yeah I'll give it a one for that Chris so the art I'm actually going to give it a one on that because I thought, the, I thought the animation was good I thought the art direction overall was good I liked the aesthetic um, I wasn't a huge fan of some of the character designs like that maybe didn't appear in this episode, but we saw in the uh, the OP. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw what they were going for, and I kind of I kind of enjoyed the the juxtaposition of like the yokai are very distinct from the regular world and aesthetically are just really well rendered. So I'll give it a one there. Mm-hmm. Um, sound didn't stand out to me. Um, storytelling, I think. I'm going to skip storytelling. I'm going to say, no, that didn't impress me unto itself. Um, the first episode did not hook me, but I will give it a one, and did anything else stand out for kind of the same thing, um, Ryan, that you gave it a one for the storytelling. I think between that and between kind of how they took this concept that was, like, I could tell what it was trying to be, and I think they did what they're trying to do very well, um, I'll give it a one for that. So a two overall for me. Cool. I wish I could. But that show was just fucking weird and mediocre. <laughs> uh, the next show we have to talk about is Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Jake, you want to tell us about Legend of the Galactic Heroes? I would love to. So this is a slideshow of, um, <laughs> I'd say, 20 or so uh, buff Navy dudes in the buff Navy um, I'm sorry, the Buff Space Navy. Um, the Imperial Buff Space Navy. Yeah, yeah, the Imperial Buff Space Navy. Um, <laughs> talking about fighting other Imperial Buff Space Navy dudes. And then they fight. Alright, so what did you think about this show? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fuck, what else can I say? That was all that happened. Is they, so they this one, this show actually was... Uh, this and uh, Kitaro, the show we just talked about, were nicely self-contained. You didn't need <laughs> to know anything about the previous um, series coming in, which was nice. Uh, except this show was really fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I we we got like it was a little over halfway through, and. Uh, the show is trying to be really smart and like, oh, these are like the tactics of space battles. And I look at Jake and I'm just like, yeah, so the author wrote this when he was 12. 
<laughs> he thought, I've got this great idea for tactics and in, in, for battles in space. And he wrote it down, and then he grew up, and someone handed him a couple million dollars, and he's like, I can finally make this thing I wrote when I was 12. Uh, and that's about the level of depth there was in the tactics. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, super infuriating. No, I've uh, seen more strategy in Battleship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and everything just looked bad. Oh, it was, it was. I considered at the start. Uh, there was like a, a short intro before um, before they did the credits and the opening theme. And I almost was like, let's play a, a drinking game where you have to drink every time you spot where someone control C control V. The ships in the background, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't, and it's a good thing because I would be dead. Yeah. There was there was exactly one shot of the. No. We are sad to report that Ryan died this past week playing a drinking game watching Dinoyatiza. With heavy hearts, we are deep, we are deeply mortified um, to announce. So I really wanted to like the show after the first couple of minutes because um, I was intrigued by the idea of just like these like crazy massive scale space combat things mm -hmm. um like okay so we're in a world where like they've got so many resources and such large populations that these like giant fleets are like a thousand ships all clumped together and just kind of like ramming each other it's like what it struck me as aesthetically and in terms of that was essentially like the napoleonic age or somewhere around there of kind of like empires clashing and um, just kind of like throwing forces at each other and kind of having this almost romantic sort of um, like narrative in a sense of, um, you know, nobility and uh, these different societies going through war and kind of like war heroes and whatever else. So um, like the, the OP, the song I thought was pretty cool. Um, I loved the designs of the ships and stuff like that. Like that was really neat looking. I was also intrigued by my, the impression I got is that the original series probably followed the Free Nations um, and then uh, this one was kind of like a, hey, let's see the other side of this war after whatever happened there. Um, so following the Imperials as kind of an alternate um, viewpoint, I thought was kind of a neat idea as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, when we see this one character who's kind of like confident in his abilities to command and to win this battle that seems impossible, I was kind of hoping for some cool like Code Geass um, style, like, hey, let's like, let's out strategy them in this really cool way. But then it was boring and the space combat as neat as the idea is uh i've just had basically these ships being a musket line <laughs> yeah um god it, it just turned into being really boring and just like why are we like if we have this tech why are we just throwing our resources away like this and again if they did if they explored that idea in an interesting way maybe it would be cool um, so just overall, I was watching it, like, I dug the idea, I was super on board with where it seemed to be going, and it just wasn't particularly entertaining. Um, and maybe the one interesting twist was near the end when they sort of, just for the briefest of moments, hint toward, like, hey, look, here's this cool tactician dude who's gonna turn this around, um, and then we don't get to see it. That might have been a cliffhanger, um... Yeah, he puts on but, his hat, and then the credits roll. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And in what I kind of gathered from the ending and i'm not sure if this is gonna be the case or not whether we're going to be seeing like just like two different points of view going back and forth the the feeling i got was that we were going to sort of see from the imperial perspective this one character for this one episode and then we're just going to switch points of view mm -hmm. and the rest of the series is going to be about this dude um 
maybe with like you know the the prince guy being um kind of like the main villain throughout the third rest of it i don't know um yeah i don't know it was just it, it was again a show that i really wanted to like and i couldn't really the uh the very the very first shot i think it's the very first shot is like there's a bunch of people in a ballroom and it looks kind of victorian Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, this ship like comes out of hyperspace or whatever and flies overhead. And it was like this really cool shot. I was like, oh, yeah. And then nothing mm-hmm. else looked that cool through the rest of the show. The only, uh, the only thing that really visually impressed me, this, is, this seems to be a trend with 3D animation for me, or like 3D styled stuff, was there's one shot where they were sitting in a tram or some, some sort of moving vehicle and it just swept across the side of the track and I thought that looked really clean and smooth and it looked mm-hmm. like those those were real physics and that looked great but um like the space battle in Star Wars Battlefront 2 <clears throat> is really cool but the actual like space battle like <laughs> not when you're battling but the entire event of the battle is fucking boring and you skip over that map every time you fucking play it on Star Wars Battlefront 2. And I feel the exact same way about this. It's like, wow, it's a lot of space with a bunch of boring fucking nothing inside of it. Like, I don't I don't know. That's not how you make space cool. <laughs> you make space cool by having a bunch of people in, like, tiny fighters flying at massive speeds, like, shooting rockets and shit. But it's not... Eight old people at a command post going, mm, I'm 2B to 6J, and then, <laughs> like, that, that's not it. I don't want to watch that shit. Yeah. And there, there was even, like, a small hint of, like, okay, go into a spindle formation, we'll break through. Like, if they had yeah. more stuff about, like, again, kind of going back to the idea, like, if this is basically a musket line, which is clearly what this is sort of inspired by, um, those tactics can actually be really interesting, and they didn't really capitalize on that. Um, if they did more with, like, you know, flanks and formations and all this different stuff and, like, actually, like, kind of made that a deep strategic thing that was happening, yeah, it could have been yeah. super interesting. Uh, but instead what we got was just clump of ships versus clump of ships <laughs> until we maybe do something interesting and that becomes a mistake um, because well, now we're surrounded by someone who's going to turn it around. <laughs> I think spending more time on the tactics in this show is a mistake because they have clearly showed us that they can't do tactics well. Like, <laughs> you have this group of gen- generals uh, and who keep saying that your army is flanked on three sides. And what flanked on three sides means is that the enemy is all in front of you. They're on one side of you, <laughs> but they're in three groups instead of one group. Uh, mm-hmm. And that makes them weak. Uh, and so... And so your, your super intelligent strategy is go after one group... And just kind of hope that the other two groups are so incompetent that they're not watching radar or, like, looking out windows. uh, And they don't see you coming. And they don't go and reinforce their other squadron. And their other squadron, like, never gets on comms and calls for help. Yeah. That was the other thing is, uh, and I guess, like, I I think they said something about maybe they jammed their communications or whatever. But I had a hard time trying to get a sense of what kind of like how they're treating the scale of space because the implication was that basically they attacked before the other ships could like get to them so even if they were going to reinforce right away it would take them well to get there and so they're taking advantage of that fact um so like what is like this like are we talking like an hour's flight are we talking 10 hours flight are we talking um 
you know, like weeks, like for example, um, I don't know if I've talked about the expanse, um, on the show before, but, um, I've not seen the show. I've read the books and they have some really fascinating space combat cause they treat it as hard sci-fi. Um, so it's, it's essentially supposed to be just essentially in our solar system. And you got these ships that take like months and months and months to fly across the solar system. And that's what's super advanced tech. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, while they don't like drag it out too much in the books, they basically tell you that like some of these battles are happening over the course of many hours, and like you'll fire a missile or fire a shot or something like that, and it's minutes later before you figure out what the result of that shot was. Right. Um, so like, kind of picking picking what your style of space combat's supposed to be, and then making that interesting. Uh, and so that's why I'm saying like, you know, I'm not saying that spending more time on the tactics was going to fix the show it'd be if they did the tactics better it might have made the show more interesting if that makes sense galactic heroes went with a very space balls strategy for their uh for their ship battles as in uh i don't know let's just fucking hold down w and see what happens and just keep (laughs) moving forward and yeah this is great everyone left click (laughs) Yeah, yeah just m1 forever (laughs) <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. I I feel like they they wanted us to try to, or they tried to get us to like this show. I, I felt that way about uh, Gigage as well. Like they mm. really wanted me to like that show. They worked really hard to make sure I liked it, and I didn't. And this worked significantly less hard to make me like it, but still tried. And that's admirable because they're actually trying to get people to like their show. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But fuck it, it just looked bad. It just, it just, it just didn't look good. The characters were really flat. Like you, you got to choose some part of your show to be really cool, kind of. And the animation wasn't it, and they may have thought it was, or maybe the strategy they thought was cool, but it's not. I mean, I could talk more about how stupid their tactics are, but I won't. <laughs> I'll spare you. <laughs> Uh, what else happened in this show? Anything? Nope. Pretty much not. the 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 big crux of the conflict in this one was that um, this kid is um, you know like leading this fleet for the first time, and so there's a bunch of older generals who are um, thinking that he's naive and inexperienced, um, and he probably is. Uh, but then he's like, I'm going to prove them wrong. And so there's kind of like this tension going back and forth of um, who sides with him, who openly voices their opposition, who kind of like there was that one general admiral guy um, who was kind of like, oh, no, I'm going to I'm going to sort of stay quiet and I'm going to be like one of the first to support him when he is successful or something like that. So you can sort of see like these political games happening in the background, um, which is mildly interesting if it was done better. Um yeah, so it was basically just all about this one battle, and they fight it out, and um, they seem on the verge of victory, and then we have the little cliffhanger thing where guys like, I'm I, if you follow my orders, I'll turn this around. And so the same guy who was like, ah, this isn't an impossible situation, I can totally win this battle, is like, there's no way they can win against us at this point. <laughs> it's like, well, I think a uh, little inconsistency there. Excuse me, sir, the pride comes before the fall. <laughs> they also they also set that up um just like 2 or 3 minutes earlier when the the right hand to the prince is like oh, I'm just worried that the the enemy will have someone as smart as you and the prince is like if they do I'd like to meet him face to face 
I'm sure we'd have a great battle or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd love that. to fight that guy. <laughs> uh, it's like, guess you're about to find out. Jake, yeah, what's your rating for this show? Zero. <laughs> Sorry, I had to think about it first. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and give it a one for art. Um, I really liked the aesthetic, um, aside from just kind of like the the way they handled the space battles, just kind of like throwing thousands of ships at each other. But I did like the look. I thought it was well animated. Um, there are also a few things, if you can kind of consider this art direction, where, for instance, I liked when they were firing those shots, and um, it's like the special round that was supposed to bust through shields, where like it sort of popped open, and it had that like really neat mm-hmm. shot where it cut to a ship, and like the uh, the windshield gets like shattered, and then there's a big explosion. Cool. Like there are a few moments there where I was like, okay, this is actually kind of cool. I kind of like what they're doing with this. Um, but beyond that, audio had some highlights. Again, that same scene was kind of neat. Um, but not really that impressive storytelling no uh did it hook me no and that's even with me wanting to like the show um but anything else stand out i might have given it one for the concept i'm gonna lump that into art um so yeah just just a one for me uh i think a zero for me i don't know that i really appreciated the art enough to give it a point for that and everything else no. I liked exactly one shot. And there were no characters, no ships, no missiles. It was just a tram. So that's why it gets a zero. If it was if it was all shots of trams, I might watch another episode. But we we, we cut to uh, that one shot from Dynamic Core where the trams just like coming up the cherry blossoms. Yeah, and then... yeah man. See he gets anyway. it. <laughs> I would love that. Oh, the next show we have to talk about is Sword Art Online Alternative, Gungale Online, which is a show uh, that takes place in the Sword Art Online universe, but uh, has a different main character. It's a main character that we've never seen in any other SAO media, Um, and actually the author of this series, the guy who um, wrote the, the original light novel, is... Uh, not the same author who wrote SAO. Uh, so, SAO episode one. It's been a while since I've seen it. Um, so there's a really tall college student who uh, is a female, and because she's female and tall, she... Uh... uh She's em- she's because she's female. She's embarrassed about her height, so she tries to play uh, VR games where she can uh, not be tall. But because VR games are fucking stupid in this universe, and uh, the the author had to use existing laws of the universe, all the VR games had to be fucking stupid. So there's actually <laughs> no character creation in uh, any VR games at all in this universe. Uh, It's completely random. And so basically she just goes around buying games and trying games, gets through the the character setup process, finds out what her character is, and in all these games her character is tall until she gets to uh, GGO, Gun Gale Online, where she finally has a short character, and she's like, success! I have spent thousands of dollars on video games that I'm never going to play, but now I've found the one that I can play where I'm not tall. <laughs> Was there an episode zero that I'm missing here? Yeah, that didn't happen in episode one. 
The episode one just starts off with the battle royale. Am I talking about episode two? Yes. I'm you probably talking about episode two then. <laughs> I was about to say, it's like, I, I, I'm kind of following. I, mean, he I, was, I got the impression she was tall at the end, but... Uh. Yeah, he was on a roll, so I just figured I'd let him keep going. <laughs> were, it, was a good, it was a good assessment. Damn, okay. Uh, <laughs> That's a very episode one type of thing to happen, though. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was... So episode one was only the battle royale? It was. Mm-hmm. It was just the shots of them in the forest and the... The, uh, it's yeah yeah like we, we see her for just a moment at the guys. very end of the episode because i guess like all of her students or something or we're kind of like hey look it's it's miss so-and-so and she's like one of the best players in this game isn't it so great that we know her and she's like oh you're embarrassing she's me. like don't call that me. oh yeah that shot is horribly confusing because they don't explain that shot until like episode six or something <laughs> uh no she's just so she's just a college student who's really tall and those uh I, I should actually explain the first episode, but I don't remember what happened, so I'm not going to. Um, uh, I can take a step at it. Real yeah, quick. All right, go for um, it. Short version: They're playing about Royale mode. Um, I forget what they call it in the show, but it's basically she's teamed up um, with this sniper guy, um, who I'm guessing is like a military otaku because he um, knows a lot of stuff about all these different weapons and he knows a lot about tactics and this sort of stuff. So um, essentially, what they do is they uh, get to the edge of the woods because they want to move into an urban area. Um, and when they're there, they uh, get pinned down by these machine gunners who then get taken down by these kind of um, black ops looking dudes. And so he gathers that these might actually be professional soldiers, um, possibly um, JDF or uh, something else, who um, are you know basically using this as a training exercise. They're testing their skills. And so um, what their goal ends up being is to kind of move away from that team, let them kind of take care of all the other teams and then sort of try to set up a, as advantageous a situation as they can. They're kind of relying on luck against these guys, um, as they put it. Um, so they uh, basically have her, uh, they, they move out to the suburbs. Eventually that squad finds where they are and um, oh, yeah. she pops out of a suitcase and basically like runs around shooting them, moving super quickly. Um, he snipes a few of them to back her up and... Um, they end up uh, taking out this squad, and the last couple of guys who survived are like, well, they're not moving at a human speed. That's like, uh, this isn't going to be helpful to us for actual applications, so we're just going to go and resign. Um, and then implicitly, um, I guess they ended up winning that battle royale um, against all odds. And so um, that was basically what happened in episode one. There's like, they explained a lot more about it in depth, but. Um, as far as what actually happens, it's just that, not they, Royale. They did a really cool thing with explaining kind of how the game works by, mm-hmm. um, it's him, it's the, the gun otaku explaining his, uh, his tactics for, um, having short person set as the leader, pink girl, I don't remember her name at all, I'm sorry. Len. L-E-N-N. Len. Len. So Len, um... Yeah, it's set as the party leader, and then every couple of minutes there's a scan that reveals the position of every enemy or every leader in that battle mm-hmm. royale so they can see them and move in on them. Um, and that's kind of how they explain how this battle royale goes thus far, is him saying, like, all right, well, you run 300 meters in front of me just in case anybody is here for the for the scan and comes to attack you, then I can, then I can pick them off from a distance. I, I, thought, I thought this was really cool. 
Mm. And as a, from a game design cool. perspective, that's actually kind of a neat mechanic too, mm-hmm. um, because so many battle royales that you know are popular right now rely on like the shrinking circle thing to bring everyone together. Yeah. And so this one's not restricting people by like bringing them in; it's just kind of revealing where they are, so that people can kind of try to like move away or toward um, people, which I think is an interesting way to approach it. Any battle royale where you're not like crouching under a staircase is a good battle royale to me. So <laughs> <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really, I really liked this show. Mm. I liked this show more than <laughs> I wanted to. Um, it looks nice. Main character is really cute. It cut some of the bullshit in Sword Art Online, um, which oddly felt okay. I didn't, I didn't know how I would feel about that because they're kind of, <laughs> not necessarily taking it out of the whatever deep fantasy thing they're in but isekai whatever but mm-hmm. it, it it flows really nice it, it looks good mm-hmm. the gunplay makes sense from what the sounds sound like they sound like the actual guns that are being talked about and that's that's really cool yeah i think one of the things that sword art and light online the original did that was kind of interesting was um putting aside the the whole you die in the game you die in real life thing which is kind of like the the whole premise for the show um if you and I, I kind of have mixed feelings about that. Uh, it was it was interesting, but it, it wasn't done amazingly well. But one of the things they did do was explain the game in kind of a cool way, and in a way that like you know there were some design decisions in the game. They're like, eh, it's a little odd, or maybe a little bit contrived. But they do a pretty good job of exp- like making the players or the the viewers understand what they're doing and why in the game. Um, and I think this one did an even better job of that. Like, I actually just found myself. It, it felt almost like watching a Twitch stream with someone commenting on it mm-hmm. um, of like, if you're kind of open enough to watching someone play a game and kind of like understanding what they're doing and why um, it was kind of entertaining in that regard. So I can see a lot of people just being bored by this, um, mm-hmm. but just because it kind of reminded me of games that I've played or that I've seen people play, um, it was interesting enough to me. And so maybe this is one of those shows that's like kind of timely. Um, because uh, battle royales are popular right now, and because people are interested in playing them, uh, they might be more open to just kind of being told, "Here's how we're playing this game." Yeah. In uh, you know five years from now, um, or if battle royale wasn't really um, a thing when they made this, which I don't know why they would make it in that case, but they could. Um, then I could see it maybe being um, just kind of like boring and uninteresting. But um, I thought they did a good enough job with that sort of gameplay that I kind of enjoyed um, watching. I thought the episode was actually pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I just have to say real fast, uh, eat shit. Why? Because I just edited the episode of the podcast oh, yeah. where you gave me shit for yeah. watching three episodes of this. <laughs> I just I just wanted to make people know, make it known that he's seen three episodes. You never told me it was any good, so that's, I'm going to counter blame you for that. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't... I don't... Uh, I liked it, man. Fuck. <laughs> Just give it a bit. Yeah, it was, it was. I'm not gonna say it was good because I'm not sure yet. I've seen two episodes now. I think it's a lot better. It's really not comparable, comparable at all to previous Sao uh, seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's oh yeah. Completely different. It's definitely. It's definitely just a spiritual successor. It's same universe, maybe some of the same ideas. Um, 
but yeah, they are taking a different direction. I think it's a direction that's refreshing. It's treating the game as a game, mm-hmm. um, which is think that's something that maybe harmed Sao a little bit mm-hmm. because it essentially took the game and turned it into life, right. and so now it's life with these contrived strictures um, that just make it feel a little bit odd. Um, but this is like, no, we're playing a game, and here's how this is working. And um, there are stakes because like you want to win, but there also aren't like life and death stakes, which lets you explore things in a different way. Mm-hmm. The characters in uh, the series are much better, too. Oh, um, totally. I, I don't like Len. I think she's obnoxious, yeah. but the main character, when she's not Len, when she's just her tall human self is fine. Her friend who joins her later is fine. Uh, the group of little girls that we see her with at the end of the first episode are interesting and kind of cool. Um, there's a lot of neat characters in GGO. Uh, and the entire thing is, well, not the entire thing. The first, like, six or seven episodes are in Medius Race. So we see in episode one, they're in the Battle Royale. I think it's in episode two that talks about uh, the main character, how she got into VR MMOs and how she got into uh, specifically Gun Gale Online and even into this tournament because uh, she doesn't like have a gaming background. She didn't grow up playing games. So it explains a lot of that and then we finally catch up and then they f- finish off uh, that tournament and, uh, and start another one and, and yeah. I won't. I won't spoil anything. Kirito dies. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I know you were really gunning for Kirito to not die, but he dies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I don't know what to rate this show because I. This is actually, I think, the first show that I've seen in the new rating system that gets like not all yes or all no. <sighs> um. Like the animation was just sort of on our line tier. Like that was Yeah, the animation is still just just SAO. It's pretty boring, yeah. actually. Um audio sounds good. The guns sound good. I if I remember correctly, which I might. Um, I do kind of enjoy the um the action scene when uh Lynn is finally like showing her stuff. Oh um, yeah. That that was kinda of cool, kinda of fun, but I don't know if like one highlight scene is enough to like kind of make the rest of the show impressive visually. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, the first episode did hook me. I watched the second one, um, which I'm not going to say it's unusual for me because that makes me sound a little too calloused. But like, I don't just watch one. I have a short attention span, man. It takes a lot of effort to get me to watch more than one episode of something at once. Like I have to start, like I have to start shows and then like pick them up a couple weeks later after I've started another few. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I I was I was interested by it. I've always wanted Sword Art Online to be good because I really enjoyed the first. I think the first half of the first season, and then like the second, like two episodes in the second season or something. <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't know. Main character is really cute and pink. So that's what stood out to me. <laughs> oh, I love that she called her gun um, Pichan, was Pichan. it? Pichan. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I forget the I forget the name of the gun, but like I recognize it's like it's a, a P fifty one or something like that. Um, oh. So, but real fast, was that a two for you? A point for the art and a point for being hooked by the first episode to the storytelling audio. Yes. Yes. Or wait, sorry, it was audio, not art, because we said the art was mediocre. Yeah. So for the audio and the and the audio yeah, and storytelling, it's a battle royale. Like whatever. <laughs> like it was, it was totally passable. Uh, for me, I will give it a point for the audio. I will give it a point for storytelling because I always like it when things are in medias race. That's fun. I enjoy that. In the middles. Uh, middles, yeah. <laughs> First episode did hook me. Uh, but nothing else really stood out, so a three for me. Chris, what about you? So I thought the art was solid um, and it did have some standout moments, but overall I'd say like while it was good, it wasn't amazingly impressive, so I'll give it a zero on that. Um, sound did impress me. I liked the sound design. The voice acting was good. Um, I don't. The music doesn't stand out to me, but I feel like whatever was there was kind of cool. Um, so I'll give it a point there. Um, storytelling, not quite. It didn't quite get me there. Like I, I enjoyed what they did with this quite a bit. The pacing was really good. Um, I kind of liked how they were explaining a lot, but it made sense because it's just this geeky guy who's explaining to someone like you would to someone in the middle of the game, like, oh, yes, right. that was that thing, and they're, they're out of range of you right now, that sort of deal. Um, so that one I'm actually going to lump into kind of the um, the wild card category, which I'll get to here in a second. Did the first episode hook me? Um, no, not quite. And this is that's one of the categories for me that's like really hard to get me to say yes. Yeah. Um, I could definitely see myself continuing to watch this, um, but at the end of the first episode, I wasn't like, "Oh yeah, let me let me go watch the next one like right now." Um, yeah, if I didn't have that of course, countdown where it was like five, mm-hmm. four, three, two, one to the next episode, I probably wouldn't have done it either. But <laughs> mm-hmm. I was just I was just like on the couch. I was like, oh, "Yeah, oh, it's okay. one of the, it's one of the many shows that I would watch, um, and maybe I even will go and seek it out if I don't have anything else that I want to watch at a given moment." But um, I wasn't hooked by it per se. And then um, the wildcard category, I'll give it a point, um, just because I did kind of like the the take they had on this game and making this game into an anime and kind of the way that they were presenting it and kind of the concepts and all this different stuff. It was, it was cool enough. So I guess for me, it's one for the audio, one for the misc, um, miscellaneous. That's um, yeah. So a two. I'm actually going to retroactively uh, subtract a point for my score. Um, first episode did not hook me uh i completely forgot this because i watched the first episode so long ago um but the first episode of this show is like mansplaining the anime <laughs> <laughs> uh holy shit well put. m's M, m's character in this first episode is really bad uh, but I saw someone on Twitter whose opinions I kind of respect said, you know, the first episode is really bad, but it picks up after that. So it was because of that tweet mm-hmm. that I went and watched more of it, not actually because of the first episode. That's actually, that's encouraging to know that people thought that the first episode wasn't as good because I actually had a lot of fun with the first episode. So yeah, um, that's a good sign. I just want more 
sort of online, but not bad. I really just want more Log Horizon, but this is all we're fucking getting. <laughs> <laughs> the last show we have to talk about is Cutie Honey Universe. Chris, you want to tell us about this one? Oh, God. Okay. Um, the fuck is this show? <laughs> Same. Same. This is, so this is another one of the ones where uh, I fucked up, and you do actually have to have context from the previous series, or nothing makes sense. And I don't think... Okay, so to be fair, I, I, don't, I don't quite agree with that. I feel I, like I, I got either. it, basically, based w- without any context. That being said... Um, was this was this like deconstructing magical girls back in the 70s because that's like the impression i got because like the the manga i think came out in the 70s and they definitely had like a 70s aesthetic both in the art style and in the fashion and all this different stuff i thought it was just Um, constructing magical girls in the 70s i didn't know that maybe but it was also like weirdly sexy and so i got the impression that this is kind of like we're taking the magical girl concept and making it for pervy older dudes it's like it's like Um, magical girl charlie's angels kind of kind of vibes like both of both of those things i just made a hand gesture that nobody can see yeah so the uh they they make no butts about it no pun intended um and like the opening sequence like it's just like hey look you know sexy dancing and like you know very very provocative uh and then um like lots of boob and butt shots throughout and then fucking battle damage that is just like clearly not even meant to be like it's just battle damage it's like no it's just like slowly making it more revealing and making it it's uh god it was like a dumb flash game or something yeah i, I mentioned um, i mentioned halfway through i was like so is she just like like clenching really tightly to keep that <laughs> scrap of clothes on her or like how is that is it is it glue is it velcro like i need to know mm. yeah. <laughs> um and so like aesthetically it was kind of neat like I, I did kind of like the sort of new modern take on the old 70s anime mm-hmm. look yeah um that was kind of well done um some of the action was i mean it was generic it was very like just kind of more mature magical girl but um very straightforward kind of like name your move and then see it tear through someone um so like it, it definitely like plays into the tropes and the the sort of format of that um, but it's the synopsis, sorry. So basically, um, main character, I don't know if she has an actual name. The people call her Honey all the time, and I guess she turns into Cutie Honey. Um, but there's these, there's this organization, I guess it's called Panther Beast or something like that, um, that's Panther. led by, I might be getting that name wrong, um, led by this sort of um, weird lady who uh, invites young women to her palace and um then they get turned into these beasts um with special abilities and they're fanatical fighters for her um and then we cut to i guess a high school i don't know if it was a high school i'm guessing it was a high school um where we see uh mc um kind of like go investigate the thing that's going on and she asks her friend to cover for her (laughs) and her friend we find out later was like fucking chained up and whipped by their teacher and <laughs> like some like weird oh. S&M shit um <laughs> you uh like and just like incidentally like there's a couple of teachers you... just having like lesbian sex in the bushes yeah, outside the school I was about to say like there's there's just a scene where yeah. like two school kids walk up and see their teachers fucking kind of often the and they're like bushes. wow that's that's bold of them to do that out here and then they just like no further comment like this is this just normal fucking move 
That's just that's just that's just a typical Thursday um, at high and, school and, of the lesbians, I guess. Which is and so, fine. <laughs> so then she reports to um, a bank where it's like, oh, thank thank goodness you're here, cutie honey. We're we're about there's the hostage situation. They shoot the hostages. We find out, and then she runs in there and um, fights people. And then, um, I, I don't know, long, long story short, it's a magical girl anime, but with more boobs and with maybe some slightly more mature theming and action. <laughs> um, and I don't know. We got through this show and I looked at Jake. I'm just like, did I get a contact high? What the fuck just <laughs> happened? I have, I, I could not follow this show. It was all over the place. Like, God, they were they were in a a bank or a museum. Maybe it was a museum, mm. and then like it was a jewelry store, or maybe it was a jewelry store, and then they're fighting in a in a like junkyard where their cars like stacked on top of each other or something and then they're throwing mm-hmm. cars and then they're throwing cars and then they step through a portal and they're like they're falling and there's a hot air balloon but there's also a plane <laughs> <laughs> and then cutie honey gets home and her roommate is just like full BDSM Japanese rope technique just tied to a bed <laughs> In her underwear with, like, scars and fucking whip marks covering yeah. <laughs> her. And Cutie Honey's like, oh, thanks. You didn't have to do that for me. And she's like, you know. Yeah, and her sometimes. roommate's all just like, NBD, you know. Like, I'm, I'm used to it like, now. tickles her because her roommate's tied up and can't uh. do anything. And then there's a really suggestive shot of some legs moving, and oh man, this just, anime! Just hand goes like right, right through her entire body. Like so, on. like there's there's kind of like you know, there's fan service and there's like indulgent fan service, and then there's this. This is just like <laughs> uncomfortable, even because yeah. it's just like it's, it's just fucking. Uh, it was it was weird, dude. It's just it was really weird. It's just stupid. And that. Me. And even saying that, like, I, I mentioned, like, that the aesthetic was kind of cool and the animation was kind of cool. There were some parts where, like, you know, despite what it was, like, it was actually, like, really well done. Like, the mm-hmm. some of the action was, like, very punchy and kind of, like, visceral in a cool way. Yeah, once um, once they got past the, like, let me stand here and use my special move, like, boomerang, and then she just spins. Once they got past that, <laughs> a lot of the action was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I... I don't. I don't know if I entirely agree with that. I, I'm not sure. I I didn't like a lot of the animation. I thought the character design was fucking great. I mm-hmm. I I love how they kept the old character designs because I did recognize uh, most of the characters from the from the show. I've never seen. Uh, actually, I think I've seen one episode of the original Cutie Honey, and that was enough for me. But um, it, uh, man, this, uh, I, I don't think it. I don't think it looked good. It was really confusing. The shot where Jill is, like, standing on top of a pile of cars with the giant fucking light whip just whipping cars at Cutie Honey was pretty good. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that was that was okay. But the transformation scene had, like, a really low frame rate, and that's, like, why you... Well, that's why I watch anime, a magical girl <laughs> anime, because I didn't think that looked very good Didn't this episode have two 
transformation yeah. scenes though because she got on the bike and then she yeah there's there was the one where she got on the bike and that was fine that was yeah. like your standard magical girl transformation scene but then there was another one later where she was at the bank which was just like a blank 3d generic model she, like you could mm-hmm. download for free <laughs> kind of thing. I don't, I don't remember and if I it don't was, remember what was up with that. I don't remember if it was that shot or not where they had like the the black figure T posing yeah, like that, spinning that's around yeah. to the ether that was choice. Um. <laughs> yeah. And so I I couldn't quite gather too like cuz there was obviously the thing where she was like on her bike and so I, I I forget if there was a transformation scene. I guess there was based on what you guys are saying. Yeah. Um so is that like kind of magical girl phase A and then like phase B is when she goes like super saiyan. Um and like it's the sword and the red hair and everything. I, I don't know. I think she can just like transform to multiple different things, but I'm not sure cuz I've only seen one episode of the original. Mm-hmm. Does that There was kind of one um interesting moment where like aesthetically is really neat. Um I guess it was technically part of, like, the battle damage thing, but she was, like, somewhere in between her transformed Mm -hmm. form and her regular self, so, like, she kind of had, like, Mm -hmm. the gradient, like, red to yellow, like, mid-length hair. Yeah. Yeah, Um, and, like, most of her hair was still the short from mm -hmm. being transformed to red, but there was just, like, this one spot on the back where all of a sudden then it grew to her natural length and turned blonde, and that was really fucking cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The music was great. Mm -hmm. I loved (laughs) the music in this. Um... That's my favorite part. Because I don't understand anything else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I... I don't know that I have anything else to say. Like, the show is just super confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Without having seen the original show, and I'm guessing it was a show, not just a manga. Yeah. yeah. Back in the day. Um, I did get the very strong impression that this was... How do I phrase this? <laughs> the, the the show was created lovingly. Um, this was definitely like a very well done, um, like they put a lot of effort and attention to detail into making this reboot. Um, yeah. It was it was a well done show in a lot of ways. It's just that the, the concept was fucking dumb. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, that, um, that's what happens when you try and make like Josie and the Pussycats into a like a multi-million dollar production or whatever, you know? Like it's it's just not going to transfer over to a high budget, you know. I I, I don't think I don't think so at least cuz the point of it is that it's supposed to be this this is the wrong word. I'm thinking like kitschy sort of hot hot girls doing hot girl things and fighting monsters, mm. whatever. But that that doesn't work when it's got a bunch of hype surrounding it, I don't think. Unless you make the action better and the story less actually not important at all, basically, like turn it. In, yeah, that that was the thing. Is that, like the story also had like some some interest, like a little bit of depth to it. Like weirdly more than you would think. It was like the author or the author, the showmakers, whatever, whomever, um, like wanted the best of both worlds. They wanted both to be like just a kitschy, indulgent. Um, sexy time, yeah. but then they also wanted you to like kind of take it seriously plot wise too. Which I wouldn't even say that like they did a horrible job with that. It's just that it's, it's odd, fucking <laughs> confusing. Like, it, like I, I can't, I can't take it too seriously because of that weird juxtaposition of like weirdly okay plot with that's everything exactly else about the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. So, ratings. You want to start, Chris? All right. So, visuals, I'm actually going to go and give it a yes. Um, because, like I said, I really liked the sort of recreation. It was... It felt both modern and retro, and I thought that that was really cool. Mm -hmm. um, the audio... I liked it, but not enough to like be like really like I was super impressed by this. I'll, I'll go and give it a no on that one. It was close though. Um, did the storytelling impress me? Not really. <laughs> Maybe again for like what it was, it was more impressive than it should have been, but it still wasn't particularly good. Uh, did first episode hook me? Hell no. I'm not gonna watch <laughs> any more of this show. Um, but I could see how it could get people into it, I suppose. Um, and then did anything else stand out? Yeah, a lot did, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give it the. Uh, you I'm betcha. not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna give it a one for that. So, just a one for the visuals, and that's about it for me. Jake, um, the art didn't impress me. I just really didn't think this looked very. Imp not impressive to me. It looked fine. It was it was totally passable. It's not something I would complain about. It just didn't look amazing. Um, did the audio impress me? Yes. The soundtrack was really fucking bumping at times, especially when the show really needed to be bumping because of how much of a clusterfuck it is. You you have to it, it kind of like set the mood for like all oh, right now there's an action scene going. Or I, I will say that the, the opening the and the ending. Yeah, the opening and the ending were both pretty rad. Yeah. Um, like, the, the music I really did like, it just wasn't enough to get the point for me. Yeah. So, um, Yeah, the first episode uh, didn't hook me. Uh, the storytelling impressed me, but not in a good way. <laughs> I was just impressed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I've been impressed upon. That is what happened. <laughs> no, I was like, this is, this is impressive how confused I am. Um... <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. God, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put my vote for the uh, '70s aesthetic in the anything else about this show because I can't dignify the animation with a one. Hmm. As yeah. mean as that sounds, man, I just I don't know. Sailor Moon looks better, and it's fucking 1998 or whatever to me. So I don't know. I, I like a different aesthetic, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, for me, the art and audio impressed me, but nothing else. Uh, the storytelling... Uh, this show is all over the place, and I kind <laughs> of barely followed, but not really. Uh, and no, I wasn't wasn't hooked. I'm not going to watch any more of this show. So I might watch the original now that I've seen this. Um, maybe. I'm not sure. I would have to finish up a lot of other old old anime that I've got queued up, but I'm interested enough in what made these people want to make this sequel. Like, y y you know, like, their inspiration is interesting to me. The show is not, but I kind of want to see why they did this, you know? Not, not in the... Not in an insulting way, you know. Just like I'm, cur I'm curious. Like, what is this? I, 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 I want to understand. <laughs> what would compel I someone to, to do this? <laughs> I want to know why fucking every show just got sequels this season. Like, we covered Full Metal Panic, <laughs> Legend of the Galactic Heroes, and Cutie Honey Universe, which are all big names. Sword Art Online, obviously a big name, but a little more recent. Uh, Steins Gate got, I think, technically a prequel. Is yeah, it, prequel. Yeah. Or no, no, no. It's it is a sequel. Is it, it is yeah, a sequel. Steins Gate got mm -hmm. a sequel. 
Uh, Shokugeki no Soma got another sequel. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, hang on, I have the list here. Uh, Boku no Hero Academia, but that doesn't count because oh. that's just kind of a currently running show. Fully Cooly Progressive, the English dub aired, uh, and we didn't cover it because the Japanese dub didn't air. Uh, High School DxD got another sequel after a couple years. Uh, Steins Gate, I said. Tokyo Ghoul got a sequel. Like, why though? <laughs> and why were all the ones we covered bad CG adaptions? I think it's because they're sequels. <laughs> Like, like, I mean, I've seen I've seen Berserk 2017. I've seen fucking Fists of the Bad Star. Um, like, I'm used to it now. This is what I live in. I'm used to having my dreams crushed, so don't worry about it. Fists of the Bad Star. F. Oh, listeners, thank you for tuning in. We will be back next week with our season wrap-up where we talk about all the shows that we actually watched. Uh, and a to- topo piece. Topo piece, yes. What? Por que, senor? Topo piece. Going through and watching the openings and picking out... Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Top OPs, two words. Yeah. I was combining <laughs> that into one word, and I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> Some sort of like Pokemon, like Topa P or something yeah. like that. <laughs> I thought you were just saying like Tapatio or, so, or like trying Tap- to pronounce tapatio. it or whatever. I was like... I, I am kind of hungry, so maybe my my is <laughs> just like Tapatios. Tapatios. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but uh, check, in, check in next week to see what the fuck we actually watched and liked. Hear us... Uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of talk about uh, Darling in the Franks. Oh no. I have to, I'm still at episode 7. Fuck. <laughs> I've got to catch up. Um, there's no way you watch Darling in the Franks. My money now says that you come back next week and go, yeah, I just stopped at episode 7. No, no, my money is that I don't even go that far and that I and that I just say that I'm going to keep watching it for posterity like I have been all season. <laughs> it's like, yes, no, I'm, it's, it's all the docket, but no, it's fucking not. <laughs> I'll, I'll save it for next episode, but I will say that season two has been an interesting ride. I've got mixed feelings about it. Overall, I think it's still good. I still like the show, um, but it's it's been different. It's definitely different than season one, so... Uh, yeah. Yeah, tune in next week to hear us talk about Darling in the Franks. Uh, Megalo. Megalo Box. Uh, and, and, and others, <laughs> probably. Hopefully. And others. Um, I've. Wait. This has been Annie Files. If you really like this show, you can support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash we stream this show on Twitch, twitch.tv slash if you want to catch us live. Uh, and then I upload the VODs to YouTube. The channel is Xerce. If you're noticing a theme here... Don't. Don't. <laughs> Stop <laughs> noticing the theme. Notice less things, please. Uh, <laughs> you can find us in podcast form on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. This is a uh, a podcast of alternative internet radio. You can find us on a 
irad.io irad.io uh, I've been your host, Ryan. Also, occasionally go by Ixir C, in case you hadn't noticed. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Ixir C and any list user Ixir C. Chris, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at K R U E G E R underscore Chris. I'm also the co-host of the Backward-Compatible.com podcast, where we talk about games and new media with a splash of academia. And I'm also the co-host of the Doc and Kruger cast, the official podcast of Doc and Kruger Games. And Jake? You can find me on Twitter uh, at 9 underscore C-I-R-N-O-B-Y-L. You can find me on Twitch at uh, Cherno the Idiot, C-I-R-N-O the, the Idiot, all one word. And... Can you find me anywhere else? I don't think you can find me anywhere else. Sorry. No uh, any list at any list. C I R N nine B Y L. I really should consolidate all of my usernames because none of them make any sense. So <laughs> Yeah, that's where you can find me. I like that you're just someone different on every platform. <laughs> yeah, on Steam I'm Sprint Bert. <laughs> Plausible deniability. Yeah. Was it me? I don't know. I didn't do it. <laughs> Was it me? No, I'm Cherno the Idiot. You're looking for Nine Chernobyl, who's, who's someone else. <laughs> yeah, that's the streamer guy. That's the guy that streams. Not, not to be confused with Chernobyl. <laughs> <laughs> At least I never get spam email. <laughs> well, listeners, we'll see you in a week. I need a better outro. This show is part of the Alternative Internet Radio Podcast Network. For more great shows like this, visit AIR at AIRAD.io.